This is Be Your Own Hero, a Flow Athletic Podcast. We are blessed to have our good friend today, Edwina Bartholomew, Australian journalist and TV presenter. Eddie, thanks for being here. Oh, hash blessed, Ben. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, I just want to ask, should have done this off air, but Oxfam trail walker thing the other week, you did that? It went well. Well, well would be generous. It went fifty um, k Oxfam walk. There's a, for those who don't know. There's a one hundred k Oxfam walk. Probably not quite my level. So I thought, right, I can do the fifty k, and I did it, and it was great. I loved the training, loved the lead up. The actual race on the day was good, except by the last five k's, I was in such such pain. I barely made it. And then, unlike doing like a half marathon where these there's this instant rush of elation, at the end we were just all buggered. Like we finished about eleven o'clock at night, and we all just hobbled hobbled home and then unfortunately the next day woke up feeling fine I thought I was gonna feel really you know sorry for myself and and you know milk it for a few days but yeah. you know unfortunately it was, I was good but would I do it again hmm I definitely would do something similar again but it was a long haul wouldn't do Kilimanjaro next year I'd love to do Kilimanjaro yeah. I'd also love to do Kokoda one of the two or you know, or something like that I think to have a goal like that always helps me. So you more enjoyed the process. You said like I the training. I the process, Kate, and also just discovering bits of Sydney I'd never even been to before. Like everyone's done the Bondi to Bronte, but I'd never done um, Bondi to Maroubra before, like over the rocks and and ending up there at the beach. So that was beautiful and some beautiful walks some um, along the North Shore that I'd never even knew existed. So for me that was, that was really fun. And, and to have that time away from – away from a phone the entire time. And I did it with my sister too. And so it's nice to spend that time together. Lovely. It's great. Now, what we actually talk about in this podcast outside of nice walks is... Oh, this uh, isn't the walk podcast. <laughs> oh, the walk. That's unfortunate because I came for the walk podcast. <laughs> uh, be your own hero. So, you know, uh, achievement, challenges. So back to you, Eddie. So Charles Sturt, Masters in International Studies. What does that actually mean? Well, I have two degrees. I have my first degree from Charles Sturt in journalism. And then after a few years working, I just wanted to take things in a different direction. So I actually went back to uni and did a Masters of International um, Relations at Sydney Uni, um, which was great. So I sort of did that while I was working. So it was a bit mad. I'd wake up 3am, go to work and then go to night go to university wow. at night so I'd be at uni till like nine o'clock at night it was mad and then I even sometimes go to the gym afterwards that, that was back in the old days Betty's looking at me like that would never happen now <laughs> and you're right that would never happen now but yeah I just really just enjoyed exercising the brain and in a different way so um and of course that was all leading up to being hosted dancing with the stars that international relations degree no no, <laughs> I don't know what I hope to do with it, but I think I just love to study. So, I mean, I'd go back and do an MBA now or, or something else. I just love that challenge and, and, and keeping the mind active in a different way. So th there wasn't a clear vision when you were doing it. You were like, I want to do this or Not, not really, present. Kate. I, yeah, sort of originally I wanted to do like, you know, foreign. when I was first at uni, when I first went into journalism, like many journalists do, like being a foreign correspondent was probably the goal. So for me, it was more realigning my career away from the softer stuff and, and, and showing that I could do harder content as well. And now I suppose I have a mix of both. So I suppose it worked 
in the end. So I was doing my research on you last night, uh, Eddie. In Google. <laughs> what I – I never realised that you won a Sunrise intern competition. Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> That's and incredible. It was in Talk a cereal box. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> um, when I was at uni, um, so one of the producers of Sunrise reached out to Charleston Uni and said, do you have anyone who could compete, you know, for a job as a producer on Sunrise? And um, my – lecturer Harry put me forward at the time and I'd never watched breakfast TV before. I was a uni student so I didn't get up before, you know, 10 or 11 in the morning. And um, yeah, so I competed for a job and I won. So I won a year's job as a, a producer on Sunrise, you know, making coffee and writing scripts and doing all sorts of things around the place. So so yeah, I think also to do back, back to the Masters, because I'd started at Channel 7 as that person, I yep. think I needed to go away and probably come back, yep. which I think a lot of people find when they're in the same job for a long time, people view them in a particular kind of way. So for me, that was about going away and, and, and coming back as a journalist as opposed to kind of a production assistant and, and producer, which is how I started out. We didn't have the cash cow back then, but if we did, <laughs> I would have had to wear the cash cow suit too. But that is one job <laughs> at Channel 7 I haven't done yet. Yet, yes. I mean, goal, hash goals, talk about goals. Well, that's, you know, that's right up there. Who is the cash cow? Can you reveal? What? No. Isn't it? Well, not, it's a cow, obviously. It's, <laughs> it's a cow um, on secondment from the pasture. Like that's that's the official line. For real. And we're going to start talking about Santa too because I'm not like, you know, we can't give too many secrets away. And then, so you worked travelling, I was going to say the globe, but the country as weather. That was an amazing gig, but tough gig as well. It was incredible, absolutely incredible. For three years I travelled around Australia and the world uh, with basically four of my best mates just, um, you know, every day we'd turn up and do some telly. But other than that, we'd basically just travel around. It was incredible. I don't think there's, there's really any pocket of this country that I haven't been to and experienced. And you get this real sense of, it's like a sort of tasting plate of travel, I suppose, of places you'd love to go back to and, and places, um, you know, that you, you know you really absolutely love and that just really capture the spirit of this country, like the Kimberley. I mean, extraordinary, extraordinary places and extraordinary people too. You know, we were welcomed into, into little communities and, and people's homes and, and people opened their open their hearts and told us their stories. So that was truly an exceptional job. But one I actually said no to in the beginning um, be, just because I thought oh, no, I didn't want to be a weather girl, you know, I just yep. didn't feel like it was me. So, so they really had to push me to do that and I'm really glad they did actually. And when you say tough, yes, it was tough, but um, I didn't leave it because um, – I was sick of the travel because I actually really enjoyed that. I think I just wanted another, a different challenge. So, yeah, it wasn't too tough. You know, it was it was good fun. Yeah, it was a very unique kind of weather girl role, wasn't it? Wasn't you? Know, yeah. Ordinary run of the mill. I think that was the highlight for me, watching the weather. And people still ask me, Kate, what's happening with the weather? And I'm like, mate, I didn't – someone <laughs> asked me the other day. Outside, I'm like, mate, I didn't even know what it was doing back then. Like, don't ask me now. Just look at your iPhone. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I feel like – we were able to, I was able to, to make it my own in that we still covered a lot of cyclones and kind of serious weather events and, and floods, but managed to have, you know, an incredible time. And, and we were, you know, we were the first Australian TV to broadcast live from, from Machu Picchu in Peru. And, and you know, we, I, I bungee jumped and skydived and did all these things live. So I have this incredible kind of documentation of this three years of my life. So what was the standout location? Oh man, in, 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 
in Australia, definitely the Kimberley. I just I think it's beautiful. It's just, it, it's expensive to get to, so lots of people don't go. You know, they go over to Europe or, or head overseas. But um, but yeah, I think that's probably the most amazing because you really feel like you're at the end of the earth. You know, just totally remote, and it's beautiful. The colour of the water, in contrast to the colour of the the dirt and the sand up there, is just something you have to experience. Every Australian has to experience. And on the other end of Australia, a place called Bruni Island, which is great. If you love your food and love your wine, it's um, yeah, it's beautiful. Bruni Island. Yeah. So you got to go fly to Hobart and then drive and catch a little ferry over to to Bruni Island, and it's yeah, it's lovely. I'm actually going back there in a in a few weeks on holidays. Yeah. Now you've had some remarkable career achievements for someone so young. Uh, Eddie, you've worked at the Olympics as well. How was that? Amazing. I went, I've, I've done a few Olympics now. So I started in Beijing in 2008. I've been to the London Olympics in, in 2012, um, Rio in 2016. And I'm about to um, go to the winter, my first Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang in, um, in February. Good pronunciation. Mm, thank you. Just been practicing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Um, can also say Korea and Seoul <laughs> and kimchi, but that's about all I have, so don't ask anymore. Um, amazing. I love the Olympics. Not so much for the sport, even though that sounds silly. I love the spirit of, of any big event like that. It's the same reason why I love the Easter show. You know, it's just all these people kind of getting together and they have this incredible kind of one um, one goal and, and, and they're all so focused and the energy of being in an Olympic city I just find absolutely addictive. I absolutely love it. So when I um, I was studying, after I finished studying my master's and was working in radio, I thought I really want to go to the Beijing Games. So I actually bought myself a plane ticket, a cheap plane ticket, and I said, look, I'm going to be there, Channel 7, so can you give me a job? And they did. They found me a job and I basically spent wow. – Yeah, I spent three weeks – First, first, my first job was I was Bruce McAvaney's assistant for a few days, which was fantastic, and we're still um, great mates, and he's an absolute legend. And then I spent the next couple of weeks um, basically buying Maccas for Matt White and <laughs> running scripts and, you know, writing the odd thing as well. But they paid me like I was a full-blown journalist. Cool. And so, yeah, that just funded my travels across Europe for the next few months, which was great. So do you think you might not have got that opportunity if you didn't say, hey, guess what, I'm going to be there? Yeah, I, d- I think I, – absolutely. Yeah, I just think um, the fact that I put myself in a position yep. to be hired, for yep. sure, like they wouldn't have said, let's fly over this random person from, you know, who's working in radio who's about to go travelling across Europe, she, she'd be great, you know. Like I, I was, it was literally because I was there and I said I'm willing to go that extra mile and so, um, yeah, so they – so they helped me out and, and I I still work with those same guys now when I do stuff for, for Seven Sport. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. A couple of good stories, one with your internship into the amazing job and two mm. with the Olympics. Kids work hard and just make shit happen. I think so. I think it's just about, you know, if there's one thing to take away from all, you know, all that I've learned over the last 14 years, it's just go that extra mile, you know, make yourself stand out, do something that's a little bit different. And, and generally speaking, you know, it often pays off. But also it sounds like you, yeah, you worked for the opportunities, but when you saw the doors open, you walked through them, which some people don't do. Like you just owned it and went, okay, I'm taking that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And also if the doors closed, find another one, right? You know, if it's not quite working out for you, um, you know, find another way to do it or find another way to make it work for you. And also I think probably the other big lesson I've had is, you know, you you can't have a predetermined plan because if I could 
transport in time back 14 years ago when I, you know, won that that job um, in the in the cereal packet, then um, I would never have been able to predict all the things that I've that I've done and all the opportunities I've, you know, been able to take advantage of. And if even if I had stuck to that one path, then, you know, who knows? Who knows where you'd be? One of my favourite mantras at the moment is "Don't plan too hard." Because mm. if you have such a rigid plan, you're trying to stick to it, you're not open to any of the other opportunities. Totally. Just have a plan, have goals, but then be open to because the universe always has a way better plan for you, I reckon. Mm. And, and people often say, um, you know, people say, don't say yes to everything. I'm a big believer in saying yes to everything. It probably means that I'm slightly overcommitted generally. But, you know, you just you just never know where one opportunity will lead to. Say, for example, the team that I work with, the Olympics, um, when the opportunity came up to work at spring racing here, you know, for seven sport and, and do, um, you know, Olympic, further Olympics down the track, they then turned to me because they knew that I'd done a good job kind of way back when. So just by making that choice to take myself to Beijing, it kind of rolls on um, to, to having those great relationships and being able to sort of tap them in the years to come. Mm. Definitely. Oh, oh, we'll just wow. <laughs> <laughs> it just wow. totally disappeared. Uh, the dog just, we just, just farted. Yeah. And then just t- unless it was Benny, smoke- which is more than likely also. <laughs> and then literally <laughs> smoke bombed. But we all get oh, that let yourself instantly. out. Let yourself out. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of dogs, now, does your dog mate? That's a good segue. Drop what drop ones like that? Are they that bad? Yeah, he does. He really, really does. Um I, I almost wanted to bring him bring him here today because I love how, you know, Flo has an open door policy to dogs. But the last time uh, my partner Neil brought him in, he ate a yoga mat, he ate someone's headphones and <laughs> stole someone's banana. So I thought maybe a little bit of a distraction to the podcasting process. What type of a dog is Matt just for everyone? Uh, he's, a, he's a blue healer. So, so he's still cute. a puppy. He's very cute but very naughty. Smart. Very smart. Picks things up very quickly but he's also very jumpy and um, – but he's good. He's great fun. Uh, Neil calls him a glue healer because he basically just follows us wherever we go. He's very sweet. No, he's cute. Dancing with the Stars, how was that? It was great. As I said before, you know, something I said no to in the beginning. Um, oh, no, I hadn't said that. I said no. I say, see, for someone who says they say yes all the time, I have said no <laughs> a fair bit. Full of, full of it, aren't I? Um, so that was another opportunity that came up that I thought, no, this wasn't part of my predetermined plan. I never wanted to be host of Dancing with the Stars. That's, a, you know, a ridiculous role for, you know, for, for people who like sequin dresses and high heels. Uh, and then um, I sort of looked at it and went, well, essentially I'm doing the same thing that I do anyway, which is just interview people and, and, and talk to people and, you know, crack a few jokes and have a good time. So I, so I ended up doing it and I did it for three seasons and it was great. You know, the people that I'm, I mean, Emma, Emma Friedman who, who comes here, um, another flow devotee, like got to, got to meet her and spend some great time with her and, and became great mates as a result. Um, Jacinta Campbell, all these wonderful people that I never would have crossed paths with otherwise. It's really fun. Still can't dance to save myself. I so wish I could. That was next. So you and Neil haven't had, got a dance prepared for the wedding yet. I've been giving it some thought. I've been giving it some thought. My latest. Let me run it past you. My latest idea. I haven't even told Neil this. Probably should. Well, listen to the podcast. <laughs> and listen out there. Um, we'll have one listener then. There's so. this great remix of the Proclaimers. I can walk 500 miles. 
I would walk 500 miles. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to like start with that nice and slow, just the two of us, and then oh. crank up the tune. You know, there's that awkward I moment when I've people don't know this. when to get on the dance floor, but if yeah. you cranked the music mm. halfway through, bam, everyone's on there, party time. I yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. It's a work in progress. Yeah. That's a great Happy idea. Happy to take all suggestions. Yeah, he'll be down with that. I got some other ideas he really hates, so I'm not going to run them <laughs> past you. And so you grew up in Japan? I did, yeah. So cool. So um, I was born in South Australia, then we lived in Sydney for a bit and I went to primary school here and then when I was nine years old, we moved to Japan uh, with my family for my dad's job. He worked for BHP. It was the most amazing experience, so good. And I think probably why I love being a journalist now because, you know, you moved over there not knowing anything and you have to have this instant curiosity about where you're living and, and who you're meeting and, and make friends instantly too in this big international school. And it was fabulous. It was really fabulous. And um, every every weekend, mum and dad would make us do something cultural. So we had to go see a shrine or a temple. And, and after about a year, we're like, mum, dad, can we just go to the movies? Can we just do normal kid things? Um, but it was, it was an incredible experience. And also with Japan being so close to the rest of the world, you know, we yep. had some amazing trips as a family to, to Europe, to Israel, to, um, to everywhere, you know, all over Asia. Uh, so, yeah, it really was a, you know, it opened my mind to the rest of the world. It was fabulous. Yeah, you've been to a lot of places now. Been to a lot of places, yeah. A few places I'd still love to go to. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely ticked off. Ticked off a few, that's for sure. How did you find Machu Picchu? Wonderful. I've, I've actually been to Machu Picchu twice. So once I did the Inca Trail and then this time we took the, the train up because we had so much satellite gear. Um, so two different Two very different experiences. The first time was when I was backpacking through South America. So I took six weeks off and just took myself off to, to South America. Um, so I did it by myself, which was which was great actually, and, and met some great people on the trail. And, and, you know, there's that elation when you get to Machu Picchu um, in the morning as the sun comes up before everyone's there. And then when I went for work, it was, it was probably even a better experience because – we're with all these Peruvians who'd never been, all these young, um, not even young, but it's such a spiritual thing, Machu Picchu, for the Peruvians. And But it's expensive to get there. So these, these guys who were helping us with our satellite had never been there. So they're carrying all this gear up the hill, kind of wide-eyed, having this experience. So that was amazing to see. And then at the end, because we were broadcasting, you know, the three and a half hours of sunrise, at the end, Machu Picchu shut. So it shut at, say, 5 o'clock and we were there till 5.30. So we were the only people there, which never happens, right? So it was this amazing, amazing experience. It was, it's, I actually it's had a, a similar experience place. with my mum uh, this time last year when we went to Peru and we were the same. There was a train strike on, so no one bothered to make the journey. We somehow hustled and found someone who'd take us and we were, on, we were up there, like the only people there. It was wow. incredible. And for me, it wasn't so much the... Like, yeah, the structure of it, how the hell they did it yeah. is like, Phenomenal. how did they do it? Yeah. Other than actually magic, mm. how'd they do it? Yeah. But for me, it was the mountains. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's amazing. It's jaw dropping. Yeah, it really is. And kind of there's still a question as to why, why they were there and, and you know, yeah, and as you said, how they did it. So, yeah, love that. Sounds like, oh, sorry, but you got a lot of, um, you know, experience and um, I think some really great advice for other people who are, who want to do what you've done and pursue a career in the media. Um, what kind of advice would you give any of those young males or females wanting to, to do what you've done? 
the main advice I'd, I'd give is, you know, kind of be yourself because everyone else is taken. You know, when I, when I first started out, you always want to soak up and learn from other people's experiences and the journey and the path that they took, particularly in media. But it, no, no person's experience is the same as anyone else's. It's actually really one of those careers where everyone's, everyone's path takes these twists and turns and there's kind of no way to replicate what they've experienced. Um, and then if you, if you are lucky enough to get into a position where, you know, you're either a journalist or a presenter or whatever, you, whatever you're doing, yeah, just try and, try and be yourself and, and try and stay you know, in, in touch and normal and, and don't try and be um, what you think you are expected to be, I think. I think there's a lot of um, pretense out there, particularly around, peop- you know, people on TV and people in those, those you know, that you watch on the, on the box or you hear on radio. Just, just be normal. Like, don't be a dick. You know, there's plenty of dicks around, <laughs> literally and, and, and metaphorically. Just, you know, just be nice. <laughs> be nice is an underrated underrated quality in all areas people people think nice is kind of boring and vanilla Mm. but it's nice to be nice Mm. you know so um be yourself and and say yes yeah on the saying yes thing i i know that to be true when you're first starting your career you know you've got to say yes to everything also to work Mm. out what you like and what you don't like saying yes can also you'll work out what you don't like quite quickly i feel like when you get a little bit older that's when you know you can start saying I think you know intuitively. Yes, no. I think so too. No is that yeah. complete sentence here. But also, even though I, I, I have, you know, I have said yes to various opportunities, I'd still consider myself quite risk averse, you know, like when opportunities come up and I kind of think, ooh, you know, how will that go down? What will that, you know? And then at the end of the day, I think, like I've just said yes to doing this project next year. Um, and in, at the end, you kind of just got to say, you know what, life's too short make hay while the sun shines, take the opportunities when they come and just, you know, roll with it. And what's the worst thing that could happen? You'll have to tell us what the project is. No. (laughs) Podcast exclusive. (laughs) Maybe later. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Watch this space. Um, So Be Your Own Hero podcast, who are some heroes of yours and why not? hate these questions because you can never think of them off the top of your head. Um... I think my mum's a good example. I probably lots of people say say that, but um, say your mum. Say my mum. So mum, I think, um, oh, she's has devoted the last you know twenty or so years, and even more, to to raising us three kids, and done a pretty good job, I reckon. Um, speaking on behalf of my brother and sister, but I think often she she sees she looks back and thinks, was that enough? And it absolutely is, you know, for any of your, any of your listeners and, and people who come to the gym who are just raising a family, and I say just raising a family, that's such a massive effort. I, you know, I can't wait to do that myself. So, yeah, definitely my mum. I mean, there's so many lots, you know, there's lots of heroes around, around the world in terms of, um, I love Lee Sales and Annabelle Crabb, just listen to their podcast, that's good fun. Yeah, I sat next to them at a lunch the other day and it was all I could do to just lose my shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like this obsessed with Lee Sales. It's so good, yeah. Sales. We're ready for a lightning round? Yeah, let's go. What's your favourite book, Edwina? I have to say The God of Small Things. I love that book. I also like The Secret River by Kate Grenville, which is based um, kind of around the Wiseman's Ferry area of Sydney. And there's also a book, if you like books about books, um, of how she wrote the book um, because it's kind of based roughly on her family history. So, yeah, The Secret River by Kate Grenville is a good one. Morning routine. What's it look like typically? Get up at 
Yeah, mm. so I get up anywhere between 2.45 and say 3.30. Um, basically go down, uh, go downstairs, try and try and keep quiet, which is often doesn't work. Uh, go downstairs, put a load of washing on, thrilling stuff this, um, have a shower, generally, you know, have a little bit of a play with mate quietly uh, and then get out the door within, you know, 20 minutes and then... Um, yeah, then I get to work and we, you know, we're very lucky to have hair and makeup every day. So we have an hour of hair and makeup and then, you know, on the telly till, till you know, just after nine o'clock. Actually, I've, I've taken some inspiration from uh, what you do at night, uh, sleeping in different beds. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. That's that. when I say quiet, like Neil's actually in the other room because when we first started going out, we just, I don't think we'd still be together, to be honest. We just, he would never go back to sleep or he'd wake me up when he came to bed. So now during the week we sleep in, in separate rooms and it's honestly, it's been the making yeah. of us. It's so good. And like on, you know, really on a Tuesday night of, of any given day, like of any given week, yeah. Unless you, I mean, there's not much going on. I, mean, I don't want to speak for everyone, but not in my household. So you're not missing out on much, is my point. So when's bedtime then? Oh, it should be so much earlier, Kate. Like um, now? Yeah, we like yeah, one I know. I, it, it should be between seven and seven thirty, but generally it's a lot later, probably nine. You look yeah. fresh for someone that gets rubbish. up at that time. I, yeah. no, no, really, we're lucky we're not filming this. <laughs> I do. I should. I definitely need to get more sleep. And so on my super early mornings, I sleep in a different bed mm. to tea. Yeah, and it's been a game changer. She it's likes so me so much better. I know. It's, you just don't snap at each other, yeah. and it's yeah. I highly recommend it for anyone. Okay, uh, go to app. Probably the podcast app. I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, Especially this one. Particularly this one. Um, Skyscanner is a good one if you fly a lot to, to, to look up flights and logistics for things. I'm um, writing that one down. Yeah. Okay, favourite holiday destination? Oh, favourite holiday. I'm not a very good beachy type person who just sort of sit down for a while. Um, we went to Italy uh, the beginning, uh, middle of this year and that was Beautiful. So I highly recommend Puglia, which is spelled P-U-G-L-I-A, which is kind of like Puglia. Puglia. Do, do you speak Italian? Ho studiato italiano alla scuola. Oh. That means I studied Italian at school. But please don't ask wow. me any other questions because that's all I can remember. My favourite <laughs> word, and I've been using it since, allora. allora. I just feel like you can just throw it out, yeah. right? Like often I just say to the, no, Neil and I live in the house, allora. I mean, I don't even know if that's the right context, but it just feels fun. <laughs> I uh, think it means like, well now or... Well now, I just felt like a kind yeah. of... Allora, Allora. Like, you know, moving on to the next thing. Allora. <laughs> um, so yeah, Puglia, I highly recommend. It's kind of the new Tuscany, they say. Okay. It's lovely. Do you recharge? Do you f- I know this is one of those questions that gets, thrown out, th- that gets thrown out a lot, but you're a busy girl and do you actually t- find time to recharge? Neil said to me the other day that I should take the advice of Coco Chanel and instead of taking one item off before you leave the house, you know, that famous kind of fashion advice, I should take one thing out of my day. Like just remove one chore that I've put on my list, which is good advice. But only came a couple of days ago, so I haven't enacted it okay. yet. Okay, we'll um, check back in but, soon. But maybe check back in. Um, look, to be honest, Kate, I'm, I'm a shocker. I, I, you know, as a, I follow you on Instagram and I'm always looking at pictures going, oh, she, she's, she's got it right. She she's got, got it a now. a whole lot of time yeah, up no, her no. Um, But, uh, and, and before... Um, as I was listening to your podcast and before I said to, to Ben, are we doing yoga while we're podcasting? Because I'm just going to have to get no, in that, that headspace. That starts now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so I need to get a lot better at that. Honestly, I'm not very good at it at all. I pack my – you know, every time – every the moment I wake up in the morning, I think, mm, okay, what have I got on today? What am I doing? How am I going to, you know, fit everything in? Like from here, I've got to go buy an ironing board and then I've got to go um, pick up some shoes for Neil and then I've got to fly to Melbourne at four and then I've got to spray tan at seven and then like every kind of day that, – well, that sounds very trivial. But, um, you know, every moment of the day is often accounted for. So, yeah. You've got I'm an hour on the, on the makeup and the makeup desk in the morning maybe there's a little opening for you to meditate yeah but I feel like if you meditate at 3 30 in the morning it's just sleep Sleep. like you're just falling asleep (laughs) honey like minute you close your eyes in that chair because you know someone's kind of gently touching your face in a in a non-Harvey Weinstein way yeah Um, good so you know you're just kind (laughs) of you know relaxed anyway um but, you know, I've actually, because we recently, because we, you know, got mate this year, so I take him for a walk every night at six and take him down to the dog park and I am always make sure I leave my phone at home when I do that. So um, at least I have that time away. One thing I found though I was talking on this podcast to various people um, is that some people vibe on, like Benny, you love go, 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 go. You seem to. Yeah, you seem to. I love Your it. extroverts yeah. in particular yeah. do. Whereas if if I do that, for example, all the wheels fall off. So mm. I like, it's my medicine. I have to do my yoga. I have I have to. They're non-negotiables. Otherwise, mm. I'm a mess. And I'm always envious of people who have that, like they have to exercise every day. Otherwise, they don't have the, the you know, the headspace quite right. And um, for me, like, I just, I do it genuinely enjoy having lots on and, and, you know, having every moment accounted for. Does it mean that the wheels don't fall off? No. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, you know, I still have a very messy house and the Neil had cereal for dinner last night because I didn't get time to do the groceries. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Love cereal for dinner. Uh, I woke up cheering. this morning to a text saying, living my best life, and it's a photo <laughs> of him eating cereal on the lounge room <laughs> what floor. What kind of cereal was it? Yeah. I think it was wheat bix yeah. uh, So, you know. Oh, Australia. Absolutely um, don't have don't have all of that together, um, but uh, yeah, I think I get. I've, I feel like I have enough downtime in my own way, um, but could I do with some more? Probably. We have a we have a property outside of Sydney, a farm um, that we renovated this over the last sixteen months, and that's been amazing because literally, from the moment we leave Sydney. We spend a few hours in the car just chatting, don't even listen to the radio. And then we get up there and it's like two days goes for five. It's it's phenomenal. And we just put our phones in in a box. We actually have a box for the phones. And um, then we just totally switch off and it's wonderful. And you just totally, totally detach from the world and you kind of come back and you honestly something could happen and you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know it. So that's for me has been a real kind of reset. That's one of my favourite things is when I go home and actually did on the weekend to the country, you go to sleep at night and all you can hear are crickets mm. and frogs and it's it's really comforting. I, I like that. F- for me, because I grew up in Tokyo too, you know, like you, I've, I'm used to that in, incredible pace and the sky there never goes dark because of all the fluorescent lights and it's always go, go, go. And we lived in a suburb um, where the you know, biggest pedestrian crossing in the world is and millions of people cross there, um, you know, each and every week. So for me, that frenetic pace is is is, is wonderful. But um, being with Neil, because he's from the country originally, it's I've had to really pull that back because for him, space and time and, and a, a reduced pace is really how he relaxes. So we've had to really meet 
in the middle, he'd probably argue we've met like 70% my way. <laughs> but um, in my mind, we've met in the middle um, and, and being with him has really slowed me down um, to, to a point that, you know, that we, that we have this really kind of relaxed space between us. Yeah, you know, I've got a man crush on your fiancé. And he's got a man crush on you. It's oh, quite disturbing. Romance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Ben said this today. Yeah, what do you think? I'm like, yeah, he's good. Full of shit, whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. Love a bromance. All right, final question is, what advice would you give your teenage self? Oh, it's probably the same advice that I'd give myself now is that don't worry so much. You know, I, I just, I do, I'm always worrying, worrying about how things will turn out or... Um, you know, if mate's eyes red, if he's got some kind of terminal illness, like, you know, I do, like I do worry a little bit. So I probably just chill out a bit more and, and, and know that, that everything absolutely will be fine with whatever path you take. I've got a book for you to read one day. The Untethered Soul. The Untethered Soul. Okay. Should I do that while hanging upside down or something <laughs> with my feet against the wall? You can. I can try. Okay, I'll try that. Thank you so much for joining Eddie, us. You're Eddie. amazing. You, yeah. you inspire us. So uh, thank you for being on our podcast. This was cheaper than therapy, guys. This is great. <laughs> thank you. Anytime. <laughs> Subscribe to Be Your Own Hero on iTunes and find out more from Ben and Kate at flowathletic.com.au.